We are back breaking down our dynasty quarterback rankings, going through our top 20 overall quarterbacks in Superflex dynasty leagues. Yesterday, you guys would have seen our wide receiver tier list. We haven't done a dynasty rankings update in a while, so we figured we'd go position by position, break down the tier list, break down exactly what these guys cost in dynasty Superflex leagues. You guys seem to like that we do that for the tiers, so we will be going through that, and you'll see what I mean here in a second. So if you enjoy, as always, leave a like, subscribe if you're new around here. Danny, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. And yeah, we head on to quarterbacks, the most important position in the NFL and the most important position to hit on in dynasty. You see multiple times every year, rookie quarterbacks start showing good. Young quarterbacks start showing good. They are easily bolted up the quarterback rankings. And you'll see some of the names on this list that we weren't even talking about potentially even being in this range this time last year. Yeah, for sure. A lot of risers, a lot of fallers to talk about. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, so we're now into the video. We're going to be going over these quarterbacks kind of as like a macro point of view. Um, within each tier, we're going to talk about each guy's merits, who's on the up right now, who's on the down right now, and kind of what your trading opportunities are with these players, of course, outlining their outlooks as well. But we're not going to go like super individual micro player takey on these. No. This is more a holistic view of our dynasty quarterback rankings and kind of what each of these guys potentially costs in terms of their overall tier. So we're going to start at the top. With the top two guys, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, last year around this time, I believe we had Jalen Hurts in this area as well because he had a little bit of youth factor on his side compared to these two guys. I still think from like a fantasy production standpoint in redraft leagues, Jalen Hurts is on par with these guys, but there's a little bit more risk around Jalen Hurts given how he played this past year versus Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they're perennial MVP candidates. They're perennial top five NFL quarterbacks. And we know from a fantasy perspective too, that they have autonomy in the red zone, autonomy downfield. They have autonomy everywhere. So they head out the top of the quarterback rankings here, but it's no real slight to the guys below them that we'll talk about in a second. It's just that these guys are head and shoulders, the best quarterbacks in fantasy. Yeah, the way we kind of look at this is this top tier uh, of Josh Allen, of Patrick Mahomes, it's combining real-life viability with elite point-scoring opportunity. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, we know when they are healthy, are going to be elite difference-making uh, quarterbacks in terms of fantasy. Mahomes, a little bit of a downtick this year relative to what we've seen, but the three years prior, quarterback four, quarterback four, quarterback one, each year having over 20 fantasy points per game. And obviously with Josh Allen, uh, just the complete dynamite at quarterback these last four years, quarterback one, quarterback one, quarterback two, quarterback one. So it's combining the fact that Patrick Mahomes Elite real-life quarterback, the best quarterback in the NFL, playing in another Super Bowl this year. The value retention is the highest of any other player in fantasy football, period. Because you can ask a casual player, okay, who's the best player in the NFL? Every single person is going to say Patrick Mahomes. Who's the best quarterback in the NFL? Patrick Mahomes is going to be the common answer. With Josh Allen, I feel like even if they you know, might you know, critique his turnovers or whatever, he's producing at an elite level and you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody that doesn't view him as a top five overall in real life passer. And I think he's the quarterback too in real life. Yeah, for sure. It's, it all comes down to what you value in, in dynasty, you know, positional longevity and, you know, fantasy production and all that stuff aside, yeah. the quarterback position, much like the running back position is somewhat opportunity based because if yeah. you're the best quarterback in the league, like Patrick Mahomes is, we know there's absolutely zero risk ever of the Kansas City Chiefs saying we want a different quarterback than Patrick yeah. Mahomes. And there's more risk with the next tier of quarterbacks as we go down the tiers that comes into play because you need to be a starting quarterback to be an elite dynasty quarterback. And 
Um, it's not as simple as saying like who has the best fantasy projection year over year from a redraft standpoint. It is kind of a little bit more like running back where we're talking about, okay, you know, a guy like Travis Etienne, for example, has two to three more years of projectable volume. Whereas B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs have four or five years of projectable volume. Pretty much. So the way I see it is uh, those top two are the cream of the crop. They combine elite fantasy utility with elite real life standing and elite longevity. So that's why they're going to go at the top two picks. This next tier kind of represents the majority of those factors, but maybe each of these players has like one flaw going their way. So let's start with Jalen Hurts from a produce uh, producing standpoint, from a production standpoint, you can make the case that he's on par with Josh Allen, with Patrick Mahomes. But we saw this year, the scheme was a little bit off. Jalen Hurts regressing a little bit as a player overall, uh, even though I don't think he had a bad year, he didn't have the same type of year that he had in 2022, which is why he's more so in this tier. I feel like every single quarterback in this tier, whether that, whether it's a production flaw or a potential real life standing flaw has something stepping in the way from them being in that top tier. Yeah. And with Jalen Hurts, he, he literally was last year, right? So we know he has the talent to get there again. It's just, we have more skepticism that he's an elite NFL quarterback than we did a year prior, right? Like last year we were like, he's pretty comfortably a top tier NFL quarterback. He was an MVP candidate, probably wins the MVP if he doesn't um, get hurt last year. So that's the only like micro difference between his outlook this year and his outlook last year. He's still a very good quarterback has great weapons and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, that's something. And of course, from a rushing standpoint, he, he punches yeah. in like 15 touchdowns a year. It feels like so. Um, he's definitely the type of guy that I think if a lot of people are panicked on and he is absolutely not the quarterback three where we have him ranked consensus on the market right now. Like I know a lot of people would prefer CJ Stroud. A lot of people would prefer Lamar Jackson. A lot of people would prefer, you know, even potentially the one-on-one if they're high on Caleb Williams or some of these other guys, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert or whatever. Um, but for me, Jalen Hurts is absolutely still the quarterback three in dynasty. And I think he's one of the premier guys to buy if you're looking for an elite quarterback. Yeah, no, I agree with you there with Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's my quarterback three as well. It's tough to argue the fact that he was the quarterback three two years ago. He's a quarterback three, uh, quarterback two this past year. Uh, rushing touchdowns, 38 in his last three seasons since he became a full-time starter. Um, there's really no flaws that you can point to uh, for him as a production standpoint. It's more so just, are you bought in long-term? Which I don't feel like that should be a question for everybody, uh, given the fact that he did sign that big long-term extension last year. So um, we can move on. CJ Stroud. Uh, you can make the case that from a, a, a talent standpoint, from a projectable standpoint, from an age standpoint, maybe one day he can enter that top tier because I really feel comfortable saying he's a tier two quarterback NFL uh, NFL wise right now. But we just saw him uh, what he was able to do as a rookie. Maybe he has the Justin Herbert factor only uh, maybe he gets to the 35, 40 touchdown range that we haven't quite seen from Herbert in the last two years. So uh, with CJ Stroud, there's really no flaws about the value accumulation standpoint with him. It's more so can he score more raw fantasy points than Jalen Hurts, than Lamar Jackson, than Josh Allen, which I think is the big question mark at this point. Yeah, and I think the thing that he has going for him that maybe Justin Herbert didn't um, is the longevity factor of the weapons group and the, the coaching yeah. staff and the play caller and stuff around him, right? Like, Bobby Slowick didn't leave Houston this year. He might leave next year, which is definitely going to be a concern for him. But Tank Dell, Nico Collins, um, the protection that he has, D'Amico Ryan's a young coach. None of that's changing anytime soon. With Justin Herbert, I mean, he had Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and those guys were a little bit older when he was on the come up. So that's kind of the difference between the two like rookie seasons. Yeah. If we're comparing last time we saw an elite rookie season quarterback, Aston Herbert, he had a little bit less of a long-term projection than what C.J. Stroud has. But like you said, the thing that's holding back C.J. Stroud for me from being ahead of Jalen Hurts is even though he's you know three years younger than Jalen Hurts, 
I can't ever anticipate him being valued higher in redraft than Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts runs and he, you know, maybe in six point per passing touchdown with a lot of passing bonuses, you could get there with CJ Stroud. But for now, I think firmly, I have my quarterback five, actually, he's even behind um, Joe Burrow and, and, and within that, obviously this tier with Lamar Jackson as well. Um, but it's yeah. all kind of what you value here. If, if Joe Burrow versus CJ Stroud, if your team is more of in a competitive window, I could see getting to Burrow. But if you're in more of a, I, I'm a long-term projection rebuild type of situation, Stroud makes the most sense of any quarterback in this tier. Yeah. And the way I kind of view this tier is uh, you don't want the one Oh three in a startup simply because I feel like you could make the case for any of these guys being the one Oh three. So if you had the choice between being the one Oh three in a Derby versus what would that be? The one Oh eight, I believe is the last one you would have Herbert at. Uh, you would take the one Oh eight because then your second round pick is going to be better. You could potentially uh, double up a quarterback. You could potentially get a needle moving wide receiver at that spot. Regardless though, I do view these guys on a relatively similar playing field. The one that I would say uh, you would want to make the case for being the top tier the most, I would say, would be Lamar Jackson. The things holding him back is that he's one of the older quarterbacks of this group, A. And B, for whatever reason, he has the most volatile market value of this list. People uh, can see Joe Burrow have a season-ending injury. He's right back in this area. People can see Justin Herbert having a season-ending injury. He's right up in that area. For whatever reason, despite him being a two-time MVP, despite him being in the AFC Championship this year, it feels like if Lamar Jackson got hurt, he would get tanked on the market. Like he would be like the 109 within a year, which I typically don't see from these other guys in this area. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. He is a little bit more over scrutinized. I mean, there's, there's plenty of um, Herbert haters out there that, that, yeah, you fair. know, downplay his ability, but I think the dynasty landscape is a lot more favorable for a guy like Justin Herbert. He never really sees too much scrutiny from that perspective, but yeah, I mean, any one of these guys, the re if you're wondering in a startup, super flex league, six point per passing touchdown, what kind of pick do you want? It's like the answer is whatever one of your picks gets you one of these guys towards the end of the tier, 107, 108, especially in a third round reversal, you're getting a better third round pick as well. So, I mean, these guys are all studs. They're all guys that you want to build a team around. I think we could probably move on to the next tier where there's definitely yep. a lot more volatility, a lot more possibility for upside here and also some uh, possibility for some downside here. Like, for example, we have both of the top two quarterbacks in the 2024 NFL draft in this tier. We could start right there with uh, Caleb Williams and Drake May. I've graded both guys. They're absolutely the real yes. deal. They would have been my quarterback one, each of them in last year's class in the class before that. And then even, I mean, in 2021, they wouldn't have been the quarterback one over Trevor Lawrence, but they would have been right behind Trevor Lawrence in terms of my overall grade. So these, these two guys, maybe they're the Chicago bears quarterback and the Washington commanders quarterback. Once they actually land with a team, we'll have to kind of reevaluate the weapons group that they have, the coaching staff that they have. But for now, from a raw talent standpoint, these guys are absolutely the real deal. And the type of dudes that need to go at the end of the first round, early second round of startup drafts, because they are, you know, 21 year old quarterback with Drake May, 22 year old quarterback with Caleb Williams. They have the ability to climb all the way up the way that we've seen from CJ Stroud and potentially then some because they run more than CJ Stroud. Yeah. And adding to this, so I, the way I kind of view this tier, uh, so I mentioned with the three first rounders tier, how it's basically like, if Josh Allen slash Patrick Mahomes each had a question mark, each of those players kind of fall into that area. There's something holding them back from being in that tier with Allen and Mahomes. In this tier, it's kind of like you expand on the question marks. You got a couple rookies in there. We don't know how they'll look in the NFL level. Trevor Lawrence obviously coming off a big time down year. Anthony Richardson getting hurt. We don't know. Maybe he looks like Justin Fields when he's healthy. Does he look like the type of quarterback that can get a four or five year extension? We don't really know that yet. Jordan Love, obviously the late newcomer to this tier. 
tore it down the stretch, but are we going to be able to see it for a back-to-back season? We haven't quite seen that yet. And with Kyler Murray, he's kind of like the forgotten guy of the second tier that's valued in the third tier because he's been banged up because the Cardinals get a bad stigma, but he adds Marvin Harrison Jr. I can see him right back being into that third, uh, three first rounders area. Yeah, there's, I can make the case that all three, like all six of the guys in this tier are too low. I could say that yes. Trevor Lawrence should be higher. He was a generational prospect. He's shown enough to say that he's a franchise quarterback. Has bad luck so far. I mean, I have him a little bit higher than you because I believe that yeah. the Jaguars view him as a franchise quarterback. They're going to pay him whatever he wants once he's up for his extension. And his fantasy production should increase. Maybe Calvin Ridley was the wrong fit and they go and draft a wide receiver. Or maybe another year of Calvin Ridley, if they bring him back, would do some good for that offense. Like Anthony Richardson and Jordan Love, like you said, they're a little bit more volatile. But if we knew... Anthony Richardson was going to become a franchise quarterback. Again, you could definitely make the argument he's too low because 22-year-old quarterback or 21-and-a-half-year-old quarterback pretty much, a guy that has the ability to rush like Jalen Hurts, rush like Josh Allen, rush like you know Kyler Murray, some of these best runners in the NFL um, with the, the arm talent and stuff that he has. And then uh, also Jordan Love. I mean, he's quarterback five this year yeah. in the first year of him being a starter. Even though he's a little bit older for a first-year starter, he's still the type of guy that has a great young weapons group, just like CJ Stroud. All those guys are going to mature together and grow together. And Jordan Love, we could look back on this one and be like, this is too low. But again, all of these guys have the possibility for us to look back on and be like, this was too high. Yeah, 100%. That's why they're the biggest risks, I would say. And this is starts to be the area where if you want to take a CeeDee Lamb, a Justin Jefferson, a Jamar Chase over any of these quarterbacks, I think it's fine. I think it's a little bit malpractice taking them over the tier above, like I can't, as much as I like Lamb, as much as I like Jefferson, as much as I like Chase, I can't take them over Herbert. I can't take them over Burrow. I can't take them over Lamar, et cetera there. If you want to make the case that, oh, I'm a little bit worried about Caleb Williams because I don't see the instructor play yet. I'm a little bit worried about Trevor Lawrence because he's coming off a really bad year. And I'm a little bit worried about Drake May because uh, he's going to land with Washington and we don't know how that's going to look like with Dan Quinn. Like these all kind of have question marks where if you want to build your team around a wide receiver, I'm not going to fault you for it. But like you kind of said, these guys can either look uh, make us look really dumb because we had them way too low or make us look really dumb because we had them way too high. Hence why I feel like all these guys are in that mid, uh, early to mid second round area to the tail end of the first. So in terms of the order I have these guys ranked, I have Caleb Williams 10th overall in my startup rankings, Anthony Richardson 12, Kyler Murray 13, Jordan Love 14, Drake May 17 at this current point. And like we mentioned, the little micro difference that we have is I have Trevor Lawrence in that other tier simply because uh, I want to see the market adjust to him. Like if he hires, uh, you know, a new play caller within the next year, or maybe he gets another wide receiver, I can adjust back. But I feel like the market right now is kind of like on their last draw. And I feel scared, including him with those other guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I just frankly disagree with the market on that, That's but fair. I understand factoring that in. Again, I'm not trying to outsmart yeah. the market. I'm trying to exploit it. It's Trevor yeah. Lawrence to me is is very undervalued, and he should be still a late first-round startup pick, and he's not being valued that way. I have him at 110 in my startup rankings right yeah. now, and I believe he should still be going there, but I've seen people in startup drafts where he's going at the tail end of the second round, early in the third he's round. Returned. He's kind of like the Kyler Murray of this year, right? Last year, we yeah. were very excited about the, the value that you could get on Kyler Murray. This year, it's more so I believe Trevor Lawrence has the ability still. If Trevor Lawrence came out and played at an all-pro level next year, borderline MVP level next year, he would be all the way up in the top Second five tier. of the startup rankings. 
Yeah, no, that's that's very fair. I feel like I, I've built the risk in a little bit more having him at that two three turn area. But regardless, if I'm at the two three turn, and I compare him with Josh Allen, alleviate a lot of that risk. I'm not going to be uh, too too unhappy about that. I'll be pretty damn excited. But I feel like we can move on to the two mid to late first round tier. Uh, as you notice, three first rounders, clear distinction above. Two first rounders plus, that's maybe what a, a second of difference, maybe two ones and a two. These guys more so like the 106 and the 107, or the 106 and the one, or maybe not the 106 and the 107 this year, but uh, the 106 and the 109 this year, or the 105 and the 110. Like that's about the going rate I would see for these guys, maybe attaching, you know, a Romo Dunze plus uh, a late first round type of wide receiver. But we could just talk about all these guys in uh, in unison. Jaden Daniels is going to be a guy that goes in the 103 to 105 range of a lot of your startup or rookie drafts. We do have Drake May a tier higher, but I can definitely see Jaden Daniels going above Drake May in some of your leagues. Brock Purdy, young, attached to Kyle Shanahan, Super Bowl year. Uh, pretty comfortable saying that he has a very steady value. Dak Prescott, more so kind of like the Tyree Kill factor of last year, where we expect him to be a quarterback one when he's healthy. The only issue there is he's the oldest quarterback of this area. So if he was like 25 years old, 26 years old, you can argue him higher. But because he's 30, he doesn't have quite that uh, uh, value accumulation as some of these other guys. Justin Fields, big time upside. We don't know about the uh, contract situation. Same thing with Tua Tungvaloa, tied to Mike McDaniel, but we don't know if he goes after a Matthew Stafford within the next couple of years. Yeah. I mean, it's all about balancing real life and fantasy in this tier when you yeah. look at it, right? Because real yeah. life quarterback, I mean, Brock Purdy is pretty much locked into Kirk Cousins like fantasy production and Kirk Cousins like NFL standing in terms of how the league views him for the next five to 10 years, probably. At least that's my yeah. opinion. I think he'll get an extension with the 49ers eventually. I, I don't know how it's not going to be super, super lucrative. I, I can't imagine unless he takes his game up to another level, which again, He's a second-year quarterback who just led very his well NFL could. team to a Super Bowl. Like It's very possible that he has a career trajectory similar to a Russell Wilson, for example, who got his team to the Super Bowl very early on in his career, got better, got better, and then eventually we were saying, is Russell Wilson the best quarterback in the league? Like It's possible that we do get there with Brock Purdy one day, even though it doesn't seem likely now. It's possible that he continues to get better as the, the years go along, but it's also possible he goes down the route of a Jared Goff, for example, where maybe after his rookie contract, team kind of doesn't really feel that great about him anymore and they move on or whatever and he signs with a different team. That's all possible with yeah. Brock Purdy, which is why he's a little bit more risky. And then you have the... If we knew they were going to be starting quarterbacks, the fantasy projection is extremely tantalizing. And that's Justin Fields and Jaden Daniels in a nutshell, yes. right? Like those two guys, they can run and run well. And I mean, if you told me right now that Ryan Poles called you on the phone and said, we're going to stick with Justin Fields and we're going to trade down from first overall and take Marvin Harrison Jr. or whatever, Justin Fields would be higher than Anthony Richardson. He would be higher than probably Drake May and Trevor Lawrence as well. Like he would be all yeah. the way up there because we know what the fantasy production looks like. And we know if he's getting that team commitment from Chicago, they're going to eventually pay him a big contract or whatever. And he gets an added weapon like a Marvin Harrison Jr. or a Malik Neighbors or a Romo Dunze or whatever. This is going to look way too low. And Adam at Justin Fields stands are going to comment on this video saying we're way too low on Justin Fields. He should be way higher than this. He's been a very productive fantasy quarterback. He was the quarterback four two years ago. He dealt with injury this year, and he was much better from a passing standpoint with DJ Moore. So he's the guy that could really still accumulate a lot of value here. I have him in a lot of dynasty leagues, and I feel a lot better about him now than I did midway through the season. Um, and then Tua is kind of just like a worse version of Purdy, in my opinion. It's like he's in a good yeah. offense, a good scheme, but there's less long-term stability there. His weapon, his major weapon, Tyreek Hill, is a little bit older, and Tyreek is the reason that that offense is good, in my opinion. I think he's the primary guy that, uh, you know, the straw that stirs the drink. 
Whereas Brock Purdy has a number of guys like that. It to it to me is kind of like the weird spot where uh, I, I personally feel he's clearly the bottom of, of this group, but he's a good amount ahead of Bryce young, who I have at 19 because Bryce young, there's a lot more to prove there. So two is kind of like on his own for me, uh, I would say uh, real quick adding to that. I think you summed it up very well. Jaden Daniels, Justin Fields have the blueprints to be fantasy superstars. And maybe you make the case that Jaden Daniels should be in that tier, but Drake may, because he's going to go top five because he's going to have that rookie contract. And if he shows anything, that rookie contract, maybe he can work up into that second tier long-term. There's just a difference in talent. I would say like, uh, you, you actually graded both these guys right now. I haven't gone in the process of formally grading Jaden Daniels yet, but what I will tell you for free is that Drake may, is miles above him right now as a processor, as an uh, an, an instructor quarterback. And Jaden Daniels at this point has a lot to show me where he can support multiple weapons. Because we'll see, you know, time and time again, rushing quarterbacks. It's just a matter of can they take that next step where uh, they show those uh, signs as a passer, where they can get that Jalen Hurts contract extension, where they can get that Lamar Jackson contract extension. I feel like, like Justin Fields, if he doesn't show that passing upside within the next couple of years, people might be willing to discard him on the, on the dynasty market. Yeah, and I think the difference between Justin Fields, Anthony Richardson, Lamar Jackson, and Jalen Hurts versus Jaden Daniels is that those guys have the frames to run a lot more. That's yes. another underrated part of Jaden Daniels' outlook that people are not factoring in. When you try and tackle Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Anthony Richardson, or Justin Fields inside the pocket, they have the strength and the ability to shake you off. Jaden Daniels does not have the size to be able to do that. It's not to say yeah. he can't ever develop that and get bigger once he's in the NFL or whatever. He just doesn't have it yet. And the fact that yeah. we're saying Drake May is more developed going through his progressions, reading the field, keeping his eyes downfield. And by the way, Drake May and Caleb Williams can both run in their own right. So it's not like we're talking pocket quarterback versus rushing quarterback here. The fact that Jane Daniels doesn't have that after five years of starting experience yeah. in college, Drake May being two and a half years younger than Jaden Daniels is a problem for me. So, I mean, this is, we'll give you some free advice from our draft guide that's going to come out, but my attitude on Jaden Daniels is probably going to be to let my league mates chase after Jane Daniels. I might get a share here and there if he slides a little bit, but if he goes in the top five or if he goes in the top eight overall picks, he's going to be the 103 in rookie drafts, so maybe yes. even the 102 in rookie drafts, potentially. Like this guy, people are going to see the fantasy production, they're going to see the rushing ability, and they're going to disregard all of the other concerns that we might have for Jaden Daniels. And for me, I'm going to let my league mates take those risks, maybe buy low on him later if people are starting to sour on him at a certain point in time. Yeah, the Anthony Richardson range of outcomes could happen, but we're pretending like Anthony Richardson is, an, is a hit in the NFL, and he hasn't actually hit yet. Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm I'm fair comfortable. I'm comfortable saying, sorry, uh, that your investment on Anthony Richardson, if you took him 102, 103 last year, probably looking very good at this point, given his startup value. Even if you decide to trade him at this point, I will combat, like you said, the comparisons to Anthony Richardson because everybody's going to do that. They're going to say, well, look at what happened to Anthony Richardson. He's going in the first 15 picks. Physically, they are not comparable. They are not comparable. Like Anthony Richardson is built like Cam Newton. Jaden Daniels is built like a string bean. Like there's a difference here, right? Not to mention, uh, compared to Bryce Young versus CJ Stroud, uh, I feel like it was a lot more palpable having Anthony Richardson at one, at two, at three. Because quite simply, man, as good as obviously as Stroud was in his rookie season, as high of a prospect we both thought Bryce Young was, it's fairly comfortable to say that Caleb Williams and Drake May would have been the top two quarterback prospects last year. 
Yeah, especially when you consider the fact that both C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young don't present much as runners, and both Caleb yeah. Williams and Drake May have significantly more production, significantly better grades in that area. Drake May better has traits. rushed 1,500 yards at 6.2 yards yeah. per carry and 17 touchdowns over the last two years. Like We're talking about guys that can run to a Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert level. It's not that they're they're guaranteed to be super, super productive in the NFL like a Lamar Jackson. I can say with absolute confidence, Jane Daniels is a better runner than those guys. It's just that they're built to run, for starters. Their size and their frame is built to run a little bit more. And also, they can run. They're just not going to be as good at it as Jaden Daniels. But they're comfortably much better passers. Yeah, and I mean, the, the main difference here, and people might push back like, oh, well, if you feel comfortable, maybe Jaden Daniels getting to the Anthony Richardson level. Why wouldn't you have him higher? And cool, like you can frame it from one perspective that Jaden Daniels can reach Anthony Richardson, can reach Lamar Jackson level in this value tier. But I would argue that if Caleb Williams and Drake may hit their nth percentile, their, uh, you know, max ceiling in the NFL, we could be looking at them in the four first rounders area. I really do think they are talented enough players to be able to reach that one day, be the top two quarterbacks in dynasty, given the age, be 30, 35 plus total touchdown, absolute monsters like we've seen from Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, dude, if, if Caleb Williams or Drake may come out as the prospects that they were and have a top five fantasy quarterback season as rookies, they will be seven years younger than Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. They'll be the one one producing one similar numbers. So how yeah. could you not say that they're the quarterback one or the quarterback two, whatever one of them does it, or if both of them do it, whatever, yeah. they could be very easily the top of the quarterback food chain going at the first overall pick of startups. And as good as Jaden Daniels is as a runner, I, I he would have to show me quite a lot in his rookie yeah. season for me to think that he has that ability because I, he he's not on the same level of a prospect, but we spent enough time on Jaden Daniels. Again, yeah. this tier is risk reward. Do you want to play it safe and go with Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott to a tongue of Iloa, or do you want to swing for the fences? Justin Fields, Jaden Daniels. We acknowledge yeah. that Justin Fields and Jaden Daniels have the possibility to be mid first round startup picks, but they don't, they also have the possibility to fall out of favor the way that Zach Wilson did the way that, you know, um, name any of Bryce Young even did this past year, like these high-end rookie quarterbacks or young quarterbacks that we once thought of very highly that the market can sour on pretty quickly if they lose their job in Justin Fields' case or um, don't show that they are capable enough as a passer in Jaden Daniels' case. So closing out this video, we're going to close it out with this final tier of quarterbacks. Ironically, it worked out perfectly that this is like the, the 20th quarterback, uh, top 20 quarterbacks or so. Um, Bryce yeah. Young, Jared Goff, and Will Levis, we have listed here as one late first rounder as the price tag. So notice the difference in value from the previous yeah. year, two mid to late first rounders to one late first rounder. And it makes sense when you think about it. In the NFL, there's not 27 elite quarterbacks in the league. It's like there's usually about 10 to 15 quarterbacks that stand above the rest. A couple teams that are kind of stuck in quarterback purgatory, the New Orleans Saints come to mind with like a Derek Carr or whatever. And then there's a number of teams looking for their quarterbacks. So the fact that we have Bryce Young, Jared Goff, and Will Levis here, these guys are in a range where in dynasty quarterback landscape purposes, you're kind of like swinging for an upside swing at quarterback with Bryce Young and, and Will Levis. And then with Jared Goff, you're kind of admitting that he's your quarterback too. That's all he's ever going to be, but he can be productive. Yeah, 100%. Like the way I kind of view this is uh, like, like a downgraded version of the, the other tier where uh, Bryce Young and Will Levis, like Justin Fields, like Jaden Daniels, obviously getting there in different aspects. Obviously, Jaden Daniels and Justin Fields are going to get there with their legs, but more so you're craving the aspect that their ceiling is massive. Like if Bryce Young goes out there, looks like the former first overall pick, has a big time bounce back, you know, quarterback 12 overall season. 
he's probably going to be in the three first rounds tier, if not the top of the two first rounders plus. Same thing with Will Levis. You know, new head coach there with Brian Callahan. Maybe they add like a Romo Dunze or an offensive lineman to the draft. Maybe this offense looks a lot better, and he's like the quarterback 12, like I said, with Bryce Young. In terms of points per game, we could easily see him going in that three first-rounders plus tier, like Jaden Daniels, like Justin Fields. And with Jared Goff, he's like a downgraded version of Dak. If you can if you can basically pigeonhole Dak and say he, he's probably going to finish these next couple years as like the quarterback eight or better in points per game, Jared Goff would be like, okay, he's probably going to finish like the quarterback 12 or better in points per game. It's kind of like a downgraded version, if you will, because that's kind of what you have to chase for. If you're going to have a quarterback inside the top 20 of your dynasty rankings and they're 30 plus, they're 31, they're 32 years old, they have to be producing at that top 12 level. Otherwise, you run into issues. Okay, what's the difference between them and Derek Carr? What's the difference between them and Kirk Cousins? The difference for us is that the production is worth the risk at this point. But at the same time, if the production tails off, they're probably going to be fourth, fifth, sixth round startup picks. Yeah, and this is, I mean, you guys can probably see an illustration of why we like to start our draft, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, or whatever, yeah. you know, in the first two rounds, because then we don't have to worry about the rest of this quarterback landscape, because after these 20 guys, Risky. I mean, we're getting we're getting into the Kirk Cousins, the Geno Smiths, the even riskier young quarterbacks, like, uh, I'm trying to think, like any of the rookie quarterbacks that we haven't mentioned so far, yeah. Bo Nix and J.J. McCarthy and Michael Penix and those type of guys, assuming they get decent draft capital, they're going to be even riskier bets than Bryce Young and Will Levis. Then you get into also like a Baker Mayfield, who we're talking about, like how long is he going to be a starter? And, you know, he's only been good for one year and that kind of thing. So to yeah. avoid dealing with all of that stuff, and I would say even it even goes to the mid to mid to late first here, like the last guy I really feel comfortable spending like a top three round startup pick on and feeling comfortable with my QB one and two is if I start my draft, say Lamar Jackson in round one, grab a young wide receiver or something, and then tail back around around three and grab Brock Purdy or Dak Prescott or something like yeah. that. For the most part, I don't really want to be spending premium draft capital, a fourth or a fifth round pick on Jared Goff or a fourth or a fifth round pick on Bryce Young or Will Levis, to be honest. Like they slide, that's fine because sometimes that tends to happen. But there's so much wide receiver value in that area of the draft. There's so much rookie pick value if you're doing kickers as rookie picks in your draft. There's so much, you know, if you're going to compete, you can get high-end running backs in that area of the draft. Tight end yep. premium leagues, you know, Laportas and Andrews and those type of guys are going to go there. That there's a reason that two mid to late first is the end of that tier. And then it's a huge drop off to one late first rounder. It's because there's probably 30 or 40 wide receivers, running backs and tight ends in between them. Yeah, 100%. It's not a, a linear graph here. It's not like, okay, um, those guys go uh, at the top are going to be top two. Those guys after are going to be the rest of the first round. Those guys after are going to be second round, third round, fourth round. That's not exactly how it works here. There's a much bigger difference, in my opinion, between uh, the late first rounder area than there is between, uh, uh, sorry, the big difference between the late first rounder versus the two mid to late first versus the two first rounders plus three first rounders. That's why we have it listed that way. Going from Caleb Williams to CJ Stroud is a lot different than going from Bryce Young or Will Levis to Jaden Daniels or going from them to Dak Prescott or going from them to Brock Purdy. Those guys are probably going to be more so fourth to sixth round picks versus, like you kind of said, uh, Jaden Daniels, Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, Justin Fields, Tua Tungvaluwa are going to be gone by pick 30 in the majority of your drafts. Yeah, and the odd time, I know the, the startup that I'm in, Tua and Purdy slid a little bit. They were like um, fourth rounders, but for the most part, like we didn't have a quarterback yeah. go off the board after those guys until the sixth, seventh round when Bryce Young and Will Levis and Jared Goff came off the board. So yeah, again, it's not linear. It's not exactly like, okay, yeah, round one, yeah. round two, round three or whatever. It's like, 
there's you got to remember that we're mixing in wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends into these rankings, which is yes. why, of course, and this is a good way to tail off this video. If you want all of our dynasty rankings, if you want to know our overall, our super flex, our one quarterback, our prospect rankings, how do the rookies fit in? You can head on over to flockfantasy.com and use the promo code FSC when you sign up and you'll get all of that stuff there. And you'll also get our trade value charts, our um, uh, draft class databases, our rookie rankings, and uh, our draft guide, which will be coming out on February 15th. Yeah, 100%. And the last thing I really want to add is a, a, an intro to that too, where you could basically see, well, Caleb Williams, the 101, Drake May, 102, 103, Jane Daniels, 104, 105 by our rankings. You can also picture here, if somebody's offering you anybody in the tier above, you're taking it. If somebody's offering you, okay, they really want 101 and they're willing to offer you Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert or Lamar Jackson or CJ Stroud or Jalen Hurts straight up for Caleb Williams, you smash that deal. Same thing with Drake May. If they're willing to offer that for 102, 103, you smash that deal. For Jaden Daniels, if somebody's willing to offer you Kyler Murray for Jaden Daniels straight up right now, you know to take Kyler Murray based off how we have them ranked on this list. Yeah, and of course, the other rookie picks don't really factor in here because of that massive tier break. I mean, between the two mid to late first tier break, um, all the way down to Bryce Young at a late first rounder or whatever, you can assume that 105, 106, 107, 108 are players that we would take over Bryce Young currently as it stands right now, given the risk profile yeah. that you have. Even though Dave Canales was hired, it's still not very good weapons and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, appreciate you guys for joining us. If you enjoyed, leave a like, comment down below, any of your thoughts, subscribe to the channel. If you are new, check out the wide receiver video that we did yesterday. Stay tuned for the running backs and for the tight ends as well. Uh, we'll be doing a similar format to this. So make sure to be subscribed if you play dynasty fantasy football. But with that being said, peace out and we'll talk to you soon.